0: are made possible by donations from people like you. I'm just going to read a few lines uh, from the preface by Mumon, who was the collector of the koans of form. The, the collection of koans that would go by the name the gateless gate or the gateless barrier. collection of 48 poems, and this is the preface. I won't read all of it, just a few lines. Our teaching makes our mind the principle and the gateless gate its very gate. Since it is the gateless gate, how can one pass through it? So, in this context, when reading Zen literature or listening to Zen talks, there's often two ways in which the word "mind" is used. Sometimes the mind is used, and sometimes with a capital M, and always to refer to what we might call the thinking mind, which is the mind that creates lots of problems for us when we identify with it. But the other use of the mind is sometimes with a capital M, but not always, and, uh, which uh, usually is qualified by different... Sometimes it's just mind, like Buddha is mind. Sometimes it may be qualified by ordinary mind or original mind. This mind is not the thinking mind. This mind is more what we might describe these days as unconditioned awareness or something like that. So, our teaching makes our mind the principle and uh, the gateless gate is its very gate. Since it is the gateless gate, how can one pass through it? So the gateless gate is a wonderful metaphor that describes how most of the time we feel as if we're on the other side of of the gate and the sense in which there is a barrier we must pass through. Whereas, of course, when the gate is gateless, there is in fact nothing to pass through. We are already here, but we don't recognise it in that sense. He goes on to say, are you not aware of the insight that purports those who have entered the gate are no family treasures what is gained as a result of cause and effect has beginning and end and thus will become nothing so family treasures i guess in this particular usage are referring to the the kinds of um, worldly, worldly treasures that people normal, normally desire to possess. And so the treasure that we is talking about in regards to the gateless gate, of course, is not something that we would normally desire to possess. In fact, it cannot be possessed. Um, and it does not, is not on the same page as cause and effect, in other words, the conditionings, the cause and effects, conditions and circumstances of our life which are constantly changing. Um, uh, So it's not something that can be grasped like that. He says, such remarks are like raising up waves in the windless ocean or gorging a wound into healthy skin. Those who cling on to words are fools who believe that they can catch the moon with a stick or can scratch their itchy foot through a leather shoe. How can they see reality as it actually is? So again, in a sense. the kind of pointers that are used in Zen as in other traditions are pointers. Words can be pointers, but we know that um, the finger pointing at the moon is not the moon. and Not to mistake concepts for the reality or the non-conceptual reality that Zen is pointing to. The kind of knowing that Zen refers to, the kind of knowing that is referred to in the Faith in Mind poem, is, um, is not the kind of uh, knowing of, of about concepts. Um, there's lots of things we can know in this world. We can teach ourselves about car mechanics. We can teach ourselves about neuroscience and the effects of dopamine or serotonin. But, um, and these might be helpful things to know. Might be helpful to know how to fix a car, how to fix a brain. But um, the Zen knowing is not that kind of knowing. That's why in the poem Faith in Mind it states if you know only this then don't worry about attaining perfect knowledge. Um, So the knowing that sets us free or the knowing that liberates us is not something that can be <laughs> expressed in words, but we talk a lot about it. But when you know it, you know it. It's a <laughs> sense in which it's complete. Uh, but it's not intellectual knowing, as you know. He finishes with um, um, If anyone like eight-armed NaTA, some mythological figure, who bravely goes straight forward, ventures into Zen practice. No delusion will disturb him or her. The Indian and Chinese patriarchs there weren't many matriarchs in those days, but they were, but they just weren't recognized. The Indian and Chinese patriarchs will beg for their lives in his commanding presence. If, however, he hesitates, or she hesitates, even a moment, he or she is just a person that watches from a narrow window for a speedy horseman to pass by and misses everything in a wink. And he finishes with a little poem. The great way has no gate. A thousand roads enter it. When one passes through this gateless gate, he or she freely walks between heaven and earth. We could think of a symbolism of heaven and earth in this context as maybe the unconditioned and the conditioned. You you can think of metaphors or images like the blue sky in terms of boundlessness. And, uh, and the unconditioned, as opposed to the earth, as the forms that are conditioned causes and effects which are constantly changing all the time. We are of both realms, but the middle way points to not dwelling in either. And the great way has no gate, and a thousand roads enter it, or the ten thousand things. It's like each moment there's no path in the sense of um, arriving somewhere. See, the gateless gate, it's always here, it's never far away. In that sense, we walk on it all the time. We are it. Obviously, we don't always experience that, and that's the kind of question: uh, what are the barriers that um, prevent us or constrain us from? realizing the way in each moment <laughs> the barriers are innumerable, probably awesome. and um, but I'm sure there's quite a few that we're all familiar with so, you know the barriers that I referred to as the family treasures, the things that we normally want to uh, um, possess or hang on to. Again, it could be innumerable family treasures uh, which can distract us from realizing and awaking to this moment here and now. I'm sure you could name a few, or many. For many people, it's that um, little cottage with a picket fence and your own piece of land. For others it's maybe having owning hundreds of little houses so they can rent them out to others. For some people it might be Ph.D. degree or becoming a published novelist or the kind of things that we often aspire towards and desire so all the kind of family treasures, things that we might get recognition for. There's not much recognition that comes from entering the gate of skate really. Unless one desires to become a Zen teacher but believe me there's not much money involved in becoming a Zen teacher. Mm-hmm make a little bit of recognition. Um, Anything which we can experience as a lack or um, anything that we feel we need to have or don't have is a gap that uh, prevents us from being Entering into the gateless gate, entering into the now. On the other hand, we can still have these desires and uh, and um, see them as the constant putted flux of everything. Desires are not that different from thoughts; are not that different from birds, sounds, sensations. Desires themselves, if we see them as they are arising we can see through them, we can see the unreality, and so no problem. So it's not, necess- not necessarily talking about becoming desireless. We always maintain, we always, you know, we don't stop being human beings with desires, necessarily. Other typical, I mean, I mean can only touch on this, but so many ways in which we get entangled uh, that keep us outside of that, entering the now. I was talking to uh, someone the other day who was expressing a very common place we often get caught, and uh, she was talking about the would-haves or could-haves or should-haves, the sense in which we can beat ourselves up for all the Bad decisions we made in the past. If only I'd done that, or I hadn't done this. It's just so amazing how we can create so much suffering in that way for ourselves. Or alternatively, we get caught up in anxiety about making decisions about the future. the wrong decision? Should I enter this relationship? Should I not enter this relationship? Should I leave this relationship? Should I buy this house? Should I not buy this house? Should I get out of bed in the morning or not? (laughs) Endless decisions that go in our lives and we can make absolute big problems out of them. That's a... uh as the author of the uh, Faith in Mind poem says, you know, just let go of right and wrong. Maybe there's no right or wrong decisions, you know, just decisions. Maybe there's no such thing as a mistake. This vast and complex web of interconnectedness of this universe. So many conditions, so many cause and effects, so much going on just in this body. Like so many conditions that have brought us, you know, this sort of illusion we have of a a little executive ego that makes decisions somehow, and then we blame it or beat it up for making the wrong decision. I mean, I've been there many times in the past, being caught up in that kind of entanglement. um, but then you can see it. You can sometimes see through it clearly when we step into the gate There's gate There's nowhere to get to anyway. This moment brings. Life. A great teacher. It's a quote from Alan Watts. The meaning of life is just to be alive. It is so plain and so obvious and so simple. And yet, everybody rushes around in a great panic, as if it were necessary to achieve something beyond themselves. This is what Zen points to. It's the meaning of life, it's just to be alive, just to appreciate this life. Unfortunately our education system doesn't teach that particular principle. But thankfully this life is so amazingly beautiful that I'm sure that all of you know what Alan Watts is talking about. when the great comparative mythologist Joseph Campbell was interviewed about what the meaning of all these myths pointed towards, and he said the same thing, just about being alive, about the vitality, being fully alive in the moment. realising that we have precious little control over what's happening life, living life but in the same way that one becomes a better Piano player through practicing my piano. I think there's something in the proposition that um, practice, practicing just being, just sitting, just appreciating this moment, can lay the foundations for future conditions to allow us to drop stop and drop more frequently into the gateless gate. Escape. Especially when we find ourselves getting entangled with the illusion of the executive ego. Just stop and drop. Feel your way back into the vastness. The vastness of this awareness. Feel your way back into the the not knowing. Feel your way back into the unrepeatability of each moment. Tasting the orange for the first time, hearing Beethoven for the first time. Walking on the sand for the first time, seeing the ocean for the first time. That's why the, the symbol of the child is so often used, because we've all experienced that discovery of things for the first time and there's no reason why we have to lose it. cockerel crying in the morning announcing the dawn to come. That primordial awareness. Feel your way into that. The Andrew of today is not the Andrew of yesterday and the Andrew of today will not be the Andrew of tomorrow. We are all subject to endless change. this.